quarantine, you know the vibes. Zoom. Hey, yo, what's up with y'all? This is Benny the Butcher, and these quarantine questions will rap TV. Let's go. Yeah. You can quarantine the body, but you can't quarantine my soul. Yo, what's good, y'all? We got Benny the Butcher in the building, virtually, of course. You might know him from the rap group and hip-hop collective Griselda. Their song, Dr. Burr's, got 3 million views on their YouTube music video. 5 to 50 is over 2 million views on YouTube. And Rubber Bands and Weight is at 2 million. And yeah, man, I'd like to welcome you to Quarantine Questions with Rap TV. I'm your host, Pro the Goat. What's good, bro? How's it going? Man, I'm just chilling, man, on a mini vacation in Miami, just macking a little bit about the smoke one, cooling out. What's the word? No doubt, man. No doubt. Um, I wanted to start off just by talking about, you know, a little bit about the climate out there right now, man. Like, what's your take on the whole George Floyd situation and all the protests? Oh, uh, man, you know, uh, my condolences and everything go out to the uh, Floyd family. His his uh, his girl, his mom. I mean, you know, his mom passed his brothers. He got a lot of brothers like me, his daughter. You know what I'm saying? His other kids. Uh it's messed up that that happened, you know what I'm saying? And I feel for, for everybody going through laws. I feel like the protesters were needed, you know what I'm saying? Uh, a little bit of the looting was needed, you know what I'm saying? That's the way we get America's attention, through goods and services. That's the only way, to, you know what I'm saying, economically. Man, you know, uh, it's, it's sad to say that years and hundreds of years later, we're still at where we were. But, you know what I mean? We'll figure it out. We None of us is perfect, and it's... And it's, and it's all about unity, man. We, we we get further together than we will separate. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, man, for real. And and in your opinion, what, what would you say is a solution to all of this? Or, like, what steps can we take into the right direction? <laughs> man, I, I feel like first and foremost is it's police training. You know what I'm saying? A lot of those guys, like the guy who just got uh, killed in Atlanta. I forget his name. Y'all know his name? Ray, yeah, Ray Shaw. Yeah, like the kid who just got that guy who just got killed in Atlanta. Uh, no, that didn't have to happen. You feel what I'm saying? Mm. It's just gonna take some more, some more police training, and you know they got to get it together. The hostility and the aggression with the police officers, I think, uh, I think that drive them to do to do a lot of shit. You know what I'm saying? They on edge. I understand they on edge, and they deal with murderers, they deal with uh, killers, and they deal with drug dealers and they deal with felons so i understand that they on edge but they got to realize that that's just a small percentage of, of civilians man and they you know what i mean they 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 supposed to protect and serve us as taxpayers pay their salaries and and and, and they just got to get back to the basics and remember shit like that yeah for sure man it's crazy i mean i i feel like we're already starting to see you know a few laws getting passed here and there like it just something seems a little bit different this time around don't you think yeah, yeah, man. It, it seems different this time around. We're making a lot of po progress because it's almost, uh, man, shout out to all the uh, to all the white people, man, that's riding with us and everything like that because it's almost like, you know what I mean? It's, 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 it's embarrassing, you know what I mean? Not to say whose fault it is or whose fault it's not, but I know if my people was doing dumb shit, I know when my people do dumb shit, it's embarrassing sometimes, you know what I'm saying? A lot of times. And I think, you know what I'm saying? The majority of it being white cops killing black people, it's almost become embarrassing. You know what I'm saying to 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 Caucasian people who who don't who don't feel that way. So I think they taking it a little bit more seriously seriously as speaking up with the Nike doing the thing and 
uh, the Uncle Ben's Rice and Aunt Jemima, you know, all the corporate companies. I seen, I seen uh, the, the the soccer league open back up and across mm-hmm. seas. And, you know, the guys had the Black Lives Matter on their jerseys. You know what I'm saying? So it's kind of like they feel like, you know what? We could do more. Let's do more. You know what I'm saying? Because it's almost like, like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? Yeah, man. It's become international almost. You know what I mean? Like different countries even coming together, too, for the same same cause. And Yeah, that's yeah. crazy. <laughs> yeah, for real. And I just hope we keep making, you know, those steps, implementing those changes moving forward. But switching gears real quick, man. Congratulations on, on getting nominated for the best rap group on the BET Awards. Oh man, thank you. I appreciate that, man. That's that's uh that's big, man, and that's that's an accomplishment coming from where I come from, and I'm I'm very proud of that, man. I know the boys is too. Yeah, did y'all see that coming or like anything about that? Nah, I didn't know. I just seen I just seen the text message that morning in the group text saying we was nominated. And then when you look back on the year, you kind of like, oh, okay, yeah, it makes sense. Oh yeah, y'all definitely put in that work. Right, right, right. You know what I'm saying? So you know. It's, it's definitely warranted and it's motivation that motivate me to want to, you know what I'm saying? Do more next time. Yeah, man, for sure. And also I wanted to say congratulations on your acting debut with the movie conflicted, getting your uh, Blair Underwood on, right? Yeah. My Blair Underwood on, man. And that was just an opportunity that I had. Shout out to Deuce King. Shout out to AK Reed, John Stover. Uh, those uh, OGs I'm familiar with in my town. And I had an opportunity to executive produce the movie and star in it. And I took it and I took it serious and I really just fed off the other actors in it. And, and I feel like people are going to be surprised when they see my performance in there. And when they just see the whole story, I think people are going to be surprised and, and they're going to respect uh, the Griselda move in the film industry as well as everything else we're doing, music and merch. For sure, man. And what made you want to take up acting like in the first place? Because I just always felt like I could act. I just always mm-hmm. felt like that. You know what I'm saying? I got to, I gotta, you know what I mean? I I'm, I got a funny character sometimes. I know how to joke around a bit, and I just feel like I can act. You know what I mean? Especially, like, something. I, I started my first role, something that wasn't too far away from, you know what I'm saying, from a, a street character, things, something that I've been around my whole life. So I stuck close to mm-hmm. it, but I feel like I can do other roles and everything. But to, just to get comfortable, I stuck kind of, like, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying, in a comfort zone. No doubt. And then as far as the acting world goes, like, is that something you're going to continue to pursue more of or are you going to focus on the music now or what's that looking like? Oh, yeah. I already got a whole nother movie that I shot. I don't even want to promote it until conflicted mm-hmm. get, you know what I'm saying, where it need to get. And I got a whole nother script that I'm about to read uh, coming from a, a writer sending it to me and we shooting that. We, you know what I'm saying? We, we in the game, man. We're going to be, you can call me Tyler Perry, man. This shit is lit. <laughs> No doubt, man. And uh, honestly, like, like, do you feel like, do you feel like that takes away from your focus with the music, or do you feel like you can balance them out pretty well? Mm, I feel like uh, once once you get your foot so far in the door, and I feel like that's where I'm at. I feel like to to stay to stay uh, creative, artists gonna challenge themselves creatively. So it's it might be music, it might be merch, it might be fashion, it might be uh acting it might be you know what i'm saying it might be uh being an executive executive mm-hmm. producing uh music you know so it's just gonna be like the arena is so big as an artist you know i'm saying like you're never gonna artists really rappers whether rappers or singers or even ball players man you know people we don't limit ourselves you know what i'm mm-hmm. saying like the uh the critics and society try to put limits on us like oh he a rapper what is he doing that but once you get in the door like you're around actors like will harris that's my boy 
Mm-hmm. You feel what I'm saying? I'm around like Hollywood producers. I'm I'm friends with people like that. So it's naturally that I'm I'm inspired, and I want to work with them. And you know what I'm saying? And want to uh, mm-hmm. you know, see what the other side like. Yeah, man, no doubt. And and you know, since it is quarantine questions, you know, we gotta ask you like, what have you been doing during the whole lockdown situation, bro? I see you outside right now, but like, for the most part. Oh uh, man, I just been in the studio. I just been in the studio. We got so many albums that we working on. I just been in the studio working on uh tightening up my projects, uh tightening up the respected Sopranos, tightening up Rick Hyde album, Heem, and and the other uh Black Soprano family albums, and just getting on the same page and focusing on structuring a uh, Black Soprano family company, and mm-hmm. just you know just trying to get better, more meetings and more telephone calls and more shit like this, more Zoom interviews. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Just getting everything on point. That's outside of the music and outside of the traveling. You know what I'm saying? Just Still, mm-hmm. still sharpening my uh my sword because you know what I'm saying you gotta you gotta sharpen the back of the sword because now the front of the sword we can't use that because of the COVID. So you gotta be you gotta be versatile. Now we need the back sharp. So we just focus on other other things, man. We never we never we always stay busy. We never just sitting on our ass. Okay, and and do you feel like it slowed things down a little bit as far as like money coming in because you can't do shows, you can't you know do any tours or anything like that. Mm, I was telling somebody this. I was telling somebody this. Uh, for me personally, and I'm not just talking no bullshit, that it didn't slow me down making no money. You feel what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's not a secret that I got other streams of income. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm a businessman, of course. But that's what I was telling niggas, though. It's like this. Me, I'm, I'm missing show money because mm-hmm. I do two or three shows a month. Now, mm-hmm. now two or three shows, what... That's maybe like, that's maybe like uh, forty thousand a month. Mm-hmm. You know that could be that could be made up. You know what I'm saying? My merch every every month. I've been dropping merch every month, and every month my sales go up. You know what I'm saying? Because it's mm-hmm. a it's, it's a new thing, and I haven't reached my peak with it. So the sales go up. Uh, my price for features go up. You know what I'm saying? I mm-hmm. might probably was charging ten now, I'm charging twelve, thirteen. So those go up. So we making we make it up in there. And it's another thing. I'm not, like I said, that's what I get for shows. These mm-hmm. other niggas be getting 80,000, 100,000 a show. <laughs> mm-hmm. So when they don't when they don't miss a show, they could feel that shit. Mm-hmm. You feel what I'm saying? If my show price is like 10,000, yeah, I, I'm, I miss it. You feel what I'm saying? But that can be made up. You know what I'm saying? That's that's mm-hmm. a feature or some shit like that. It ain't like I'm, I'm doing $100,000 a show and I'm missing three shows or four shows a month and it's almost a half a million dollars unaccounted for. I don't got that going on. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's one thing too with the merch stuff. Like, do you ever feel like you're gonna completely go into it and, and maybe create a clothing line or anything that's not merch? It's like actually clothing brand. Oh, you know what? That that never been a dream of mine is the uh is to have like a clothing line. You know what I'm saying? But Black Soprano Family is like a clothing line. You might see the merch with mm-hmm. with the plugs I met on it, but you see the stuff with the BSF. And that is a line. You feel what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And that's ran by City Boy. But I'm just cool with the merch. I'm just happy with the merch. I got a, I got a new merch drop coming next week, and I just I just want to post it. I just got the uh the shirts back today. I just want to show the whole world. I'm gonna post it in a second. Mm-hmm. No doubt. And like, yeah, man. Let's let's take it back one time for everybody out there. So you were you were raised in in Buffalo, New York, right? Yes, sir. Can you uh, speak a little bit about Montana Ave and what it means to be from there as far as upstate New York goes for the people out there who don't know? Mm, Montana Ave, 
it, it, it's, it's a legendary hood. When you was when you from Montana Ave, you got you got extreme pride of being from over there. It, it, it spawned other gangsters. It spawned it spawned a lot of gangsters, a few millionaires, a few rats, a, a, a few gangsters. You know what I'm saying? It's a it's a typical it's a typical American hood, but it was elite. And uh, twenty we talking about at its peak, twenty thousand dollars a day coming through there as far as money. Mm -hmm. mm, it took the FBI several times to shut it down. Uh, and outside of all of the drug stuff and all the violence, man, just the block parties was legendary. People mm -hmm. know my block is known for the block parties with the ice cream truck parked on the side and everybody getting free ice cream. My block is also known for big dice games, shit like a casino over there. You mm -hmm. feel what I'm saying? You could fucking win. You could win about 100,000, 50,000 in a dice game. And none of these dudes, like rappers or athletes, these are just trappers. You know what I'm saying? And it went down in my hood, broad daylight. Yeah. So, so things of that nature happening over there. Young dudes was getting money. I'm talking about like 12 and 13, shit like that. Mm -hmm. So when you from a place like that, in a city like Buffalo, man, you got extreme pride. And, uh, mm -hmm. and I wore that. That, that being from over there, a lot of times I stuck my chest out when I wore that, and I was proud to say I'm from Montana because it, it, mm -hmm. bred, to, it bred me to be a hustler. My, my block do breed hustlers. Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying I can't say that. Good, like extreme hustlers. I can't say that. Yeah, and then you started getting money around 14, right? Yeah, yeah, to be honest with you, I wouldn't even say I was getting money. You know how that shit go, he When I was in the game, though, mm -hmm. I was in the game. I got my first double up when I was 14. And, and and I was having my experiences uh, selling crack in all Montana and Genesee. And uh, I tell people all the time, the first lick I ever I ever hit, he shorted me. He just gave me like two or three dollars. I, I was so nervous I didn't look at it till he walked down the block. But yeah, I'm from um, I'm from a place like that. And around 14 is when I when I uh, officially jumped off the porch. Mm-hmm. And then as far as that goes, I mean, obviously you were in the street life and you found some success in that. When did you officially transition into rapping? Mm. This is the thing. I always was a rapper. Even when I was 14, I was rapping. Mm -hmm. uh, I ran into a couple instances where I had opportunities to take it serious. And basically... I was signed to DJ Shea at a point in time. Mm -hmm. And I learned a lot from him as far as structure, as far as like staying busy, output, uh, things like that. The whole time I was in and out of jail still, still in the streets, but mm -hmm. I was still in the studio doing a whole bunch of shit still, putting out crazy shit in the studio. And I just learned structure from him. Mm -hmm. And uh, so by the time I just had a lot of practice, me, Conway and Wes, we had a lot of practice. So by the time Wes got to deal with uh, Shady, you mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? We was, we was, we were well seasoned, you know what I'm saying? We were well seasoned. So, and it's just showing right now, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? So I could say about, about, I took rap serious about like, man, it's a young age, but I'm telling you about like at 16, 17, 18, I was really doing this shit for real. Yeah, and once and once you really got into it, you you even wanted to start your own label and everything. So like, where did the whole Black Sopranos come from? Uh, because <clears throat> me and Rick High, me and Rick High used to be signed to DJ Shay. Mm -hmm. You feel what I'm saying? And uh, like like I was saying, Shay taught us structure. We was in the studio every day. 
he was expecting us, man. Y'all not working. Y'all not making no beats. Y'all not doing this. Mm -hmm. We always had shows here and there. We always had everything. So in the midst of that, we doing that. I'm in and out of jail. I'm in and out of jail. And my last time in, in prison, it, it, it discouraged me. And I'm thinking like, you know what? I'm going to come home and do something different. But really, I didn't do nothing different. I just changed the name mm -hmm. from uh, we was Buff City Records. We was Black Blood entertainment it was black blood because i named it after my man his name was black blood and he did fucking robbed the bank and did a whole bunch of time and i just named it after him mm -hmm. but when i went back to jail i just wanted to come home with something new and i just thought of black soprano family i wanted to abbreviate something you know what mm -hmm. i'm saying bsf <laughs> mm -hmm. and i thought it and i thought it sounded dope and you know what I'm saying? And when I came home, it was like I had a new surge of energy. And then I just started going crazy and that motivated everybody around me. And we all just joined mm -hmm. in. And, and, and Westside and Conway, they're your cousins, right? Yes, okay, sir. Okay, so a question that I had, like, did you ever feel like you needed to prove something to them as far as, like, your rapping abilities? Always. Always. Sometimes I still <laughs> feel like that. <laughs> Always. Because... <laughs> Those is my older cousins, mm -hmm. and 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 me. Like I'm, a, I'm, I'm from the era where a rapper was a rapper, a lyricist was a lyricist. So <clears throat> I didn't want those dudes to think I was whack. So I really mm -hmm. didn't spit a rap to them until I had polished, I had polished my shit so well that I knew they was gonna fuck with it. <clears throat> mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah, you know, you always you always want the approval of of your elders, of your peers, of people. You know what I'm saying? You always want the want their approval and. And, and it's the same thing. It don't change with them. Yeah, I mean, they wouldn't let you get on the mic when you were, like, five years old, right? They were already like, nah. <laughs> Not real shit. They were just, like, bebopping and doing little shit. I mean, rapping. I was I was bebopping for them. I wanted to turn to rap. They ain't let me get on the mic, you know what I mean? So maybe it come from, you know what? You just made me realize something. Maybe my, me wanting to prove shit to them came from that moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then do you remember the very first song that y'all officially did together? Like, what was that like? Man, I don't. <laughs> I don't, but I remember the feeling. I remember the feeling where I got the call to come through the studio. I remember being with the homies, and they used to always to get the calls to come through the studio. And I remember getting a call like, "Yo," they said. I'm like, "Yo," then they said, "Me come too." They said, "Yeah, you come too." I went. Then I'm like, "Damn!" They put him on this song. Mm -hmm. They put me on this song with these niggas, and then I realized that you know people respecting my shit. Yeah, well, shit, take us through your process. Like, I'm just curious to know. Like, you get to the studio. You know you're about to make a record. What comes first? Do you listen to the beat? Do you already have some writtens? Like, how does that go? First, we're going to get to the studio. Mm -hmm. Harlem and Rick High going to argue. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We're going to smoke some blunts. We're going to talk sports. We're going to do everything. First, I got to get comfortable. It's not all about the music sometimes. To me, it's just mm -hmm. all about the feeling and how I feel. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to get in the zone. I'm going to have me a drink. I'm going to roll up and I'm going to invite people there. And I'm just going to cook, man. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play the beat. After I do all the bullshit, talk around for 30 to 45 minutes, mm -hmm. I'm going to play the beat and I'm going to hone in. And you're going to look up after I was just in a conversation with you laughing and joking. You're going to look up and I'm going to be in a corner somewhere pacing mm -hmm. back and forth. My head moving, my, my, my lips whispering, murmur, murmuring words. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? My hands swaying. And then about 30 to 45 minutes, an hour of that, and I'm going to have something for you. Okay. Which, which is which, which the world known today as some of the greatest shit we ever heard. Mm, okay. and, and then do you write it in your head? Do you have your phone? Do you have a piece of paper? Like, how, like how, how you do you go about it? Okay, this is how I go. Usually, I write in my head. 
Usually, I write in my head. I write in my head, Vinny the Butcher don't need no fucking pen or paper. I spent years without picking up pen or paper or pad or using a phone. You know what I'm saying? I spent years. I spent a large part of my career doing that. Now, to be honest with you, what I learned, I do write it down in my phone now half the time because I'm not going to lie, I'm a fucking animal. And I I just want to do it quick, and it's mm-hmm. and I and I and I could do it quicker when I write it down. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's more lyrical exercise, and it's more I'm spending like I might spend I might spend longer writing it because I, I might be done writing it, but I keep going over it because I gotta mm-hmm. go in the booth and recite it. Mm-hmm. So the only way that I can get it tattooed in my brain is if I keep going over and over and over and over. But if I write it in my phone, it's just there. It takes me one time to write it down. And so I'm going because I'm usually in the studio doing tracks four at a time now, four or five at a time. So I'm just going quick. No doubt. No doubt. And then what would you say was the first song that really took off for you? Mm. I would say I'm going to take it back and say... It's, it's it's not it's not one answer to, it's not a single answer mm-hmm. to that question. I'm gonna go uh shower shoe lords because that was the I was on West Side Guns album and that was the first time where I knew people recognized me as a as a like a rapper mm-hmm. like outside of my city and in different countries mm-hmm. and outside of my region. You know what I'm saying? You got people in California quoting my bars and and people in Boston. So that was the first mm-hmm. time that I felt that experience and and uh that's where that came from. And then uh you know rubber bands and weight was the first mm-hmm. song that i had that's what i thought you were gonna say was the first video was the first video that i had that hit a million rubber mm-hmm. bands and weight was the first song i had that fucking shut everything down and i think people if you could pick a benny song which you know a benny song for most popular benny song i feel like people gonna either say that or five to fifty so mm-hmm. uh yeah and, and, and stages and stages because first it was shower shoe lords and then years later it was a couple years later it was uh rubber bands of weight and then the next year it was directly five to fifty okay no doubt and then obviously fast forward you met jay-z and everything and he was even against the double xl freshman cover do you remember what it was like meeting somebody like that growing up listening to him like what was that like like for the first day that you met him Man, it, it was dope, man. It was it was a moment of reckoning and let me know where I was at and what I had going on and, and, and how high the stakes were. Mm-hmm. Uh, inspirational, you know, Hove is the type of person who, uh, the man is who he, who he is on the records when you meet mm-hmm. him and you walk in a room with him. Mm-hmm. He the person he is on the records. He's smart, he's witty, intelligent, uh, articulate, and he gonna speak his mind to you. Mm-hmm. So, a person, a person like that, you know what I mean, being in the same room with him, not only that, discussing business, you know what I mean, it's motivational, and, and it just drives me to work harder, and it's crazy, because that's my favorite rapper of all time, and you know what I mean, it's just crazy, I just sent him, a, I just texted him and sent him a song I did a couple days ago, and hey, yo, him, I sent him that deal or no deal shit. He gonna be proud of that. Nah, he said, he, said, he was like, yo, you went crazy, real shit, so, you know what I mean? That's that's a that's a that's a, a moment I never forget meeting Hov. Yeah, man, for sure. And then Griselda signs the uh, Shady Records, and I seen the comment section on that song Eminem did with you guys, the the Bang remix. A lot of people weren't like were saying that he wasn't really matching the vibe on the record, but obviously M's the goat and he could do whatever he wants. How did you feel about his verse when you first got it back? <laughs> I liked it. I liked his verse. 
You know what I'm saying? I thought it was Eminem. I thought I thought he was being who he was, mm-hmm. and that's all he's gonna be. And uh, that's who. That's all we know. And I felt he was being him. I like the energy of the song. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He he went he 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 went over it and beyond. He rapped long over it, so it seemed like he enjoyed doing it. So I was I was fine with that. Mm-hmm. Just like we just was talking about meeting Jay Z, and now we talking about being on a song with him. So you know, as a yeah. fan of hip hop, I was just grateful. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. To be honest mm-hmm. with you. Yeah, and it's it's not the first time Eminem, you know, is, is associated with an elite rap group. Like obviously, he had Slaughterhouse before. Do you guys ever get compared to Slaughterhouse, like Griselda? All the time, all the time. You feel what I'm saying? But you know, it's 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 we get compared to them all the time because of the the. Uh, the 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 lyrics, the lyricism, right? The lyricism—that's the word I was looking for. And you know, and Eminem. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's like Eminem was with lyricists then, and now Eminem with lyricists now. But it's totally different. You know what I'm saying? Those guys like was older. I mean, them guys was like met each other when they was older. You know, we grew up together. Mm-hmm. You feel mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So you know, it's a little different. But I can see where people. Can make the comparisons and not to mention that like joe button the homie mm-hmm. all like you know what i'm mm-hmm. saying everybody in slaughterhouse is our homies and we got records with them and so it's like you know i can see why people do it no doubt and they're all very elite lyricists in their own right too and i feel like honestly one of the reasons why in my opinion they didn't reach their full potential as a group was the fact that it almost seemed like they started getting a little bit of pressure to make their songs more pop oriented you know going into the mainstream when their core audience were all real hip-hop heads have you guys ever felt the need to change the strategy at all like as the more famous you get no i never i never felt the need to change the strategy i always felt the pressure of people mm-hmm. expecting us to change the strategy though. I'm not going to lie. And, uh, you know, people, people got false sense to me. People have a false sense of success. Mm-hmm. You feel what I'm saying? They, they, uh, associate success with popularity. They associate success with, uh, with record sales. If you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying, you know, maybe in a way as they should, but, uh, I'm a person, I don't have a major deal, and I like to think of myself as successful. And uh, you see, we got nominated for the awards. I feel like yeah. culture, culture and nostalgia, and 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 uh, and just like just like what we stand for made us successful. You feel what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, and we just doing us, mm-hmm. we just doing us. And you know, it's like people going to it's like people going to uh, people going to fucking uh. Roscoe's chicken and waffles trying to get a porterhouse steak. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It, it don't work like that. <laughs> yeah. If you want to hear if you want to hear that other type of music, it's a it's a plethora of artists who mm-hmm. do shit like that. So don't expect Griselda to do it. Allow artists to to be who they are. You know what I'm saying? Like you don't you don't need from me what you're gonna get from future. You don't need mm-hmm. from future what you're gonna get from me. And people just gotta understand that. And uh I feel like a lot of times, you know, rappers, rappers, uh they compare their success or they measure their success depending on what the what what the other one did. Or if this guy sold this many this week, and if I didn't mm-hmm. if I didn't beat him, I'm not successful. You know, it's a big competition thing. But mm-hmm. I don't get locked in all of that. I don't get locked in. I'm not competing with niggas. I'm competing with myself. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? I don't I don't envy nobody's career or nobody numbers. I'm just uh, I'm just trying to be the best me. I'm trying to be the best right. Benny the Butcher. I'm trying to be the best Black Soprano family. You know what I'm saying? Facts. And do you, would you consider you guys being like the second renaissance of gangster rap? You had Dipset, you had G-Unit, and then like you guys are kind of 
in that same like vibe, right? Absolutely, absolutely. You never seen niggas. It's been a while since they seen gangsters this fly. Mm-hmm. It's been a long time since they seen gangsters this fly, and I think uh, it's the same story because we all from the same neighborhoods. We all dealt with the same shit. It's just a different point of view. Us being from Buffalo, us being the underdogs, and people love rooting for the underdogs, and mm-hmm. and you know. Smack dab in the middle of, you know, mumble rap or whatever people going to call it. You got us. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You got niggas rapping over DJ Derringer beats, Alchemist beats, Primo mm-hmm. beats, DJ Shea beats. You feel what I'm saying? In the middle of all of that. So I feel like, you know, it was it was a perfect time in a, to make this shift in hip hop. No doubt, man. And you're from the golden era of hip hop also. Like, I would personally like to know this. Who is in your top five favorite rappers of all time? Uh, Ho, Nas. Whole Nas G Rap. Mm-hmm. Uh Hove Nas G Rap. Mm. Mm. And it fluctuates, man. You could put Kiss in there. Mm-hmm. You could put Pac in there. You could put Big in there. Of course, you know what I'm saying? It fluctuates. You know what I'm saying? That mm-hmm. that, that, that that answer might change if you ask me in, in another hour. You know what I'm saying? So facts, but that's facts, basically facts. the basis of it, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. The and era, the golden era, the, the solid golden era. I was born in 84. You feel what I'm yeah. saying? So that solid golden uh, 90, 92 to 2003, 2004 type era. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then as far as the new generation goes, do you have a favorite new generation rapper? Uh. Man, it's a lot of dudes, man. Jack Harlow's killing shit. Mm-hmm. Point blank, period. Jack Harlow's killing shit. Uh, who else? Nigga, uh, Sholey, Shooter. Them these niggas who I fuck with personally. But, like, famous niggas? I don't know, like, too many famous niggas right now. Because, you know, I'm locked in a, to mm-hmm. this shit. Maybe it won't come to me. I'm so busy listening to these niggas who are on the screen with me right now. Mm-hmm. Listening to the shit that they got, you know what I'm saying? Really, they the next niggas, you know what I'm saying? In a year from now, I want these niggas going to be, these niggas really going to have a torch in their hand. On some, mm-hmm. on some. No doubt, man. And well, people have been waiting on Benny the Butcher. Like, what you got coming up in the near future, man? Man, everything, man. We got the respected Sopranos dropping. That's what uh, the whole Black Soprano family, that's dropping next month. Guaranteed. Uh, I got... <laughs> I got some shit, man. I got albums. I can't even really speak <laughs> on what I'm going to drop, man, because shit's so crazy, man. It's a whole, we're going to need a whole motherfucking different interview slot for me to talk about this. <laughs> I mean, give us a little bit. Give us a little something. Basically, I'm, I'm just in the middle with deals right now. Okay. You know what I'm saying I haven't signed a deal. And you know, when you when you do when you do deals with, with major uh, labels, it's a lot of red tape and it's a lot of sorting out. And we hit a couple, we hit a couple road bumps in it and we just in the middle of it right now. So I'm just okay. seeing what I'm going to do, but. I'm ready. I'm locked and fucking loaded. If I get the call tomorrow, I can go. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's late. You know what I'm saying? We ready. Mm-hmm. So it's it, a situation like that. No doubt. Is there anything else you want to tell your fans out there, man? I want to tell the fans that uh, the world is BSFs. Big Griselda and this motherfucker. Uh, uh, God is good. Won't he do it? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Respect the Sopranos <laughs> dropping next month. We killing shit. We shooting right. videos. We doing everything. We running the table. And and, and and I'm the right nigga to doubt because every move, every every move, all my successes started with doubt from people. So I welcome the mm-hmm. doubt and I need that to feed off of it, to drive me to 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 be hungry enough 
to do what I need to do. You know what I'm saying? That's what I want people to know. I'm not playing with this shit. No doubt, man. Well, I do appreciate your time. I appreciate your energy today. Like, you know, coming out and really vibing with us. Man, all love, G's, man. All love, man. Appreciate you. I'll be seeing you on the page holding it down. Yeah, for sure, man. Bet. So once again, I'm Pro to Goat with Rap TV, and this was Quarantine Questions. Make sure y'all hit that subscribe button, notification bell to stay up to date. We're dropping interviews all the time. Make sure y'all go get that Rap TV merch at rapart.com and join our community by texting 908-341-0067. And as always, don't forget to smash that like button. And one last time, let's give it up for Benny the Butcher, y'all. All love, baby. All love, my nigga. Thank you, man. Be safe out there. You can quarantine the body. She can't quarantine my soul.